Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. We welcome former Panther QB and current Panther radio analyst Jake DeLome now joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jake, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Jake. Really appreciate it. And I, I guess we got some news to talk about, right? I mean, it just broke a couple of hours ago within the last hour, really. Bryce Young does have that ankle injury. And I'm just wondering from a quarterback standpoint, how would that ankle injury, depending on the severity of it, how does an ankle injury limit you at the QB position? We've seen some guys play on it before, but of course, if it's too severe, he'll miss some time. How does it limit a QB out there? I just think it depends on the type of ankle injury. Um, I'm not so sure. I just found out about this probably five minutes ago. I kind of checked my phone, and I saw that he was limited, and I'm not so sure what type of practice they had today. It seemed like it was more of a uh, scaled-down version. So maybe just need a little more time to rest. I'm not sure what happened during the game. I don't recall ever seeing seeing him get up gimpy Mm -hmm. uh, at one point um, or another. But, listen, I had a high ankle sprain um, when I went to Cleveland. And it was my right ankle. So that was everything where you push off as a right-handed quarterback. Um, It affected tremendously. I'll be very honest. But that was a high ankle. Those are very different. Um, I've had a quarterback. uh, We had another one on the team that year that had a left high ankle sprain. And it wasn't as bad because that was his land leg, so to speak. It wasn't his push leg. Um, So I think it just all depends and pain tolerance and and, and how severe it is and what what exactly type of ankle roll, I guess you could say, it could be. Yeah, Frank Reich not clear on whether it was a high ankle sprain. All of us trying to gather as much information as possible. So we'll see how that all comes about as the week goes on. Jake, what are you seeing good and bad from Bryce Young through two starts in the NFL? Listen, I, I think, and, I, and I, I'm, I know for a fact I've said it before the first game, there's going to be some growing pains this year. I, I, I thought last year, we had a potential to be a fringe playoff-type team. I just felt with the experienced quarterback in Baker, we had a number one wide receiver in DJ. thought Robbie Anderson was going to build on the year prior with the speed element. Uh, you had Christian. Um, but then things didn't turn out that way, but the team kind of got the ship going in the right direction and made a push. Now, don't get me wrong, the division was, uh, was down last year. This year, listen, there's going to be some growing pains. And a rookie quarterback... The success rate for these guys coming in and playing well and leading teams to playoffs, is, it's not the greatest. And uh, not really having a true number one wide receiver, uh, having a different offensive line, uh, our most experienced player, besides Taylor Moten. But Austin Corbett, I think for the most part, in my mind, was our most consistent offensive lineman last year uh, uh, when you go through all 17 games. Not having him, and there was going to be there was gonna be some growing pains. And Atlanta, you know – there were some issues there. Bryce had a couple of interceptions, and uh, we had the, lost the turnover battle. But Monday night, you know, we played better. Didn't like our matchup with the Saints. I know it's a division opponent, but losing J.C. Horn and the receivers the Saints have, I thought it would be a challenge for us. Um, and defensively, 
uh, inserting another new offensive lineman in the mix, losing Brady Christensen with the Saints defense. And, and it was a challenge. And um, I thought we battled hard. I truly believe I like what I'm seeing with Bryce. I, I mean, I understand, you know, people might want and expect other things, but I just think we're trying to find our way. But I think he is showing some flashes of, you know what, there's a chance here. Now, you know, receiver-wise, we're, we're working through what are we going to be receiver-wise? Who's going to be our go-to guy? Um, Hayden Hurst caught a few passes week one. Adam Thielen caught some last week. Uh, I think Min- Mingo, there's a chance there for some plays to happen. Um, and it was a little quiet night for him the other night. You know, the pass hit him in the face. Uh, one of those, he was able to catch the corner out late in the game. And we- we're going to have to have patience, guys. I know that fans don't want to hear that. And I'm just giving a-, a company line. But it is what it is. I mean, that's kind of what I see with this football team, especially offensively, and what I see on the field. Jake, let me say, uh, this is Wes Bryant here. Let me start this conversation off with, uh, I have a lot of guys that are my guys that we've talked about on this show. And let me say that uh, you were definitely one of my guys. My friend uh, Ozzy and I used to call you Gambit from the X-Men because you're from Louisiana. Has anybody ever uh, called you Gambit before? Or are you familiar no, with no. Gambit from the X-Men? I, I am familiar with the name, but no, nobody, nobody has ever called me that. Yeah, but man, my boy. I, I, appreci- you- I appreciate it. You're probably one of the five on my, uh, my, my, my fan club. So I appreciate it. Yeah, me and my boy used to be talking about you on the phone, and we'd be like, look at Gambit. He's starting to get hot out there throwing those cards. But uh, back to the conversation about Bryce, and you talked about the receivers, and Bryce is such a football savant. What's it like as a quarterback when you go out and you know what guys you have that can play and which ones might have a little bit more difficult time with their matchups and things of that nature? Do you think that Bryce sometimes, because a lot of people looked at him and thought maybe his demeanor was a bit off or things like that, what's it like as a quarterback when you go out with some receivers that you know might have some trouble uh, winning their matchups on a consistent basis? How does that play into your psyche? Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was so blessed and lucky in Carolina. When I started playing here, I mean, I had two number ones. I had, a, in my opinion, a Hall of Famer in Steve Smith, and I had Musin Muhammad. So I had two number ones, to be very honest. So uh, those guys were just different. Um, when I went to Cleveland in 2010, we really didn't have those guys, to say the least. We had two young guys that, you know, I'm not so sure. It just was what it was there. Ben Watson was our tight end, the only true kind of, threat we kind of really had listen Bryce uh, you watch him play you watch his body language everything about him he's very calculated he keeps, he's so level-headed but you can just tell there's a couple of times he probably just wants to scream because it's frustrating uh, all the success he had in high school all the success in college um, and there were a couple of plays the other night you watch him and he, he bats his chest like my bad I missed it there's so much going on in his mind and he's so smart he's so intelligent I was lucky enough to sit in during training camp within a quarterback meetings with all the guys. And this, this kid's on another level mentally as a rookie. I was so ill-prepared as a rookie to even think to try to do what he's doing. I, I mean, it would be a joke if I would have tried to play as a rookie. And watching him play, and I understand it's frustrating. And I, you can see, you know, that frustration, but he's so even keeled that, you know, it's going to take some time, man. It's going to take some time, and hopefully we can kind of, progress as the season goes on this is not in my opinion i just don't think we can have the expectation that this is a team that that can be a a big playoff team this year i mean there's going to be some growing growing pains and some of the injuries we're starting to accumulate 
um, especially on defense. We've lost two of our better players, in my opinion. Well, Jake, also, too, you sitting in film rooms, you see all of the positions, 1 through 11, what guys are doing. What's your take on the offensive line, mainly Iki Aquanu, and what differences have you seen from him between last year, the preseason, and now in the regular season? Listen, it's a two-game sample. I still see a very powerful run blocker. That's what I see. I think he's very, very powerful in the run game. Um, even the other night, uh, he was leading around on the, uh, I think it was the fourth down play when Andy Dalton came in and we did the little dive pitch, uh, just throwing guys around. Pass game-wise, um, listen, I think he's a really good pass blocker, but I think there's, there's still going to be room for improvement. Uh, there's a couple of times, you know, maybe he'll get his head dunked down a little bit and somebody can go around him. But early on in the season last year, I thought Miles Garrett got after him a little bit in the first game, and rightfully so, because Miles Garrett is one of these unicorns, uh, so to speak. Um, but I thought Icky really played well throughout the course of the season, and I think he's done a decent job so far. But I'm giving credit to the other side. I know what Carl Granderson is. I know what Cam Jordan is. Those guys show up constantly on film. And I probably watch the Saints second most as compared to Carolina just because my proximity of where I live and the things like that. I mean, that's a talented bunch we played the other night. Um, But they're all talented in the NFL. And Icky, I think he's an excellent run blocker. I think he's a good pass protector, but I think he'll continue to get better in that regard. That's the voice of former Panther quarterback Jake DeLome joining us in the Body Works Plus guest hotline and current Panther radio analyst. You know, Jake, I've seen some people talk about the guard injury specifically with Austin Corbett not being able to come back at least for four weeks. Brady Christensen now out for the year on the other side. I've seen people discuss the importance of the guards because they help create some throwing lanes for Bryce Young. How true is that to you in your eyes? What is that kind of responsibility? for the starting interior offensive lineman? Well, so listen, no quarterback wants to get hit, right? And that's why I was such a huge proponent and so happy when we drafted Derrick Brown. A quarterback despises pressure in the face. You can get somebody that comes from the outside, right? You can step up and climb the pocket uh, when they're coming from the outside. But you want that interior to be clean, and that's something when it's not clean, it's very difficult But I don't think it's an issue with Bryce seeing the field, to be honest. He hasn't come close, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, of a pass being close to being batted down. Uh, I think he does a great job with his eyes, manipulating the defense, knowing where he's supposed to go with the football. Um, But he gets up on his toes sometimes to make a pass. I think he's just learned that, hey, I'm 5'10", 5'10 half. this is who I am, and he's learned to make those type of throws. And I don't think that's an issue. Yes, you don't want interior pressure. Absolutely not. That's the last thing a quarterback wants. Mm -hmm. It's absolute misery when you do have the interior push. Uh, But the kid does a good job of kind of maneuvering in the pocket. I'm a big fan, and I'm not a Panther cheerleader just because, okay, I do games for the Panthers. I think you see some things with this kid that it got. you have to feel pretty good about it. I know watching the game Monday night, you know, if I'm watching Derek Carr, who's in his 10th year and is getting paid $150 million, and I'm watching Bryce Young, who's in his second game ever in the NFL with a new offense, and, you know, the Saints, they're pretty, they've got weapons. Uh, their weapons might be a little bit better than ours right now. I feel pretty good about what we have at quarterback. I'm going to be very honest. And so, Jake, too, to, to close it out, when, when you were playing, how long did it take for the game to start slowing down for you? And at what point do you think it could start to slow down for Bryce since he's playing out of the gates? Well, listen, for me, 
I came in in 1997. I was ready to play in 2000, and that's that's <laughs> to be that's the honest truth. Uh, we were the, the Saints were not. We just weren't there yet. When Mike McCarthy uh, in 2000 took over as the offensive coordinator in New Orleans, um, and I had a whole offseason of quarterback school, and that was just a very intense offseason that teams can't do anymore because of the CBA rules, I was ready to play in 2000. So it wasn't even remotely close. I, wouldn't have, I couldn't have held a clipboard my rookie year, much less kind of go on the field and, and try to perform the way Bryce was performing. I, w- I was not ready. Some guys were ready. I definitely was not. Um, Peyton Manning, yeah, he, he played as a rookie every game. And we all know, 3-13 and 13 still holds the record for the most interceptions in a season. Um, it's difficult. Big Ben, I remember him. He played as a rookie, and Pittsburgh was good. But they were good because of their defense in the run game. It wasn't because of Big Ben, not yet. He developed it over time. I mean, it's, it's hard for a guy to come in and, and do some great things. You know, I... Um, there's, there's numerous times in history, even Patrick Mahomes. He played one game his rookie year. It takes time. Aaron Rodgers, I think he'll tell you the same thing. It just takes a little time. Jake, I'm about tired of the self-slander, though, here, man. Like, okay, you could have been playing a little bit <laughs> earlier. That's fine. And, look, you must have been doing something right for you to be one of the players that was nominated for the upcoming class to go into the Hall of Fame. Now, you are alongside some of your former teammates, like a Steve Smith, who needs to be in the Hall of Fame already. We've talked about that time and time again. But now we have Julius Peppers eligible. We talked about him yesterday after some of that news dropped. Can we just get some freak Julius Peppers stories? We had some people on the text line asking or and just telling us man we wanted to see him get a touchdown reception we wanted to see him be involved <laughs> in offense at some point and we'd see him go out there did you think there was ever a shot that we might just see a touchdown reception from the freak that is julius peppers hey listen we tried and look it might have been my fault i mean he lined up and we saw the fade <laughs> at practice and he would just jump in the air and he just kind of hang and kind of it just, it, for whatever reason, it just, it just never worked. And uh, I'll be quite honest, number 89 wasn't too happy when he came off the field and Julius uh, had to go. And so we like to have an 89 out there. But, but listen, I think the freak of all freak plays to me was Julius. Um, and, and I can't remember the year exactly. It was either 03 or 04. We're playing Tampa at home in Bank of America Stadium, and they throw a screen pass to Michael Pittman Sr., and it's on the Tampa sideline, and he is running for a touchdown. And Julius runs across the field, runs him down, and pulls him down from behind. That's when you know just the freak that was Julius Peppers. He did things that normal people shouldn't do. Um, I threw a screen pass in practice one day. You know, you drop back, you eyeball a linebacker, you shoulder shrug, I drift back. And, I mean, I threw the ball up and over him, and he jumped up with one hand, and I swear he jumped. 13 feet in the air, and just stabbed it, like caught the point of the ball with his left hand and took off the other way. And everybody just stopped and started laughing. And I looked at Coach Fox, and he foxed and in typical Foxy fashion. <laughs> Good thing he's on our team. I mean, there was nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's all you could say. It's just Julius would do things. And, and Jordan Gross can tell you, he just would pray he wouldn't suck early on because Julius, like, I hope Julius is just having a bad day. Because it was just so difficult to go against him in practice because he didn't lollygag. He didn't take plays off. And he was just Julius. He just didn't talk. He did his job. And Jordan will tell you, he, he's what made Jordan 
that good of a football player for all those years because you, you have to go against the freak show every day. Yeah, Jake, that John Fox sentiment of I'm glad he's on our team. I've heard that so many times from former Panthers players about not only jo- uh, not only Julius Peppers, but Chris Jenkins. Those are my favorite former athlete oh. stories of all time to hear about Chris Jenkins destroying anybody in his way and Julius Peppers doing things that only freak shows could. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I know Julius has some young kids, but Chris Jenkins, if you ever watch Michigan play, he has a son that's on the defensive line in Michigan. Yeah, um, this kid's a big time football player. So Chris Jenkins was another one. We were blessed, man. We had some talent on that football team. Um, well, the football teams in the early 2000s in Carolina. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to hear about some of that stuff and a lot of fun to hear your confidence in Bryce Young. A lot of fun to talk to you, period. That's Jake DeLome, former Panther QB, current Panther radio analyst, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jake, we really appreciate the time, man. Have a good rest of your day. All right, guys. Y'all have a great day. Take care. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show... Let's talk to a man who uh, can talk about what's going on with the Panthers, the offensive issues, Bryce himself, and the division on the whole. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Bone. Not only did I not have the Panthers at 0-2, I didn't have the rest of the division at 2-0 either. What a crazy start to the NFC South. Greg Allman covers the NFC South for Fox Sports, foxsports.com, and Greg joins us here on the Mac and Bone Show in Charlotte. Hey, Greg, how you doing, man? What's going on? Doing well, guys. Good morning, and thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing it, man. Appreciate uh, it. What did you think? What have you thought in the first two games? I mean, obviously, everything that's happened is not ideal, right? Two divisional losses. Everybody else has won. And uh, the offense with our all-star coaching staff on that side of the ball that we thought and our number one pick quarterback looks woeful. Have you been surprised at what you've seen from the Panthers? What are, what are your thoughts, Ben, on, on how rough it's been? Yeah, a little bit. I've been to both games, actually, which is odd. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it's one of those where you don't know how quickly things will take shape. And you have a new quarterback, a new offense. Uh, everything about this team is new for the most part. And then I think it's compounded by injuries at all the wrong places. So to be down two guards is to probably take away, um, you know, you think about how strong a rushing team they were in the second half of last season. And they definitely haven't been that so far. Um, you look at rookie quarterbacks, and, I mean, even before the first game, we were writing about Bryce and how – even your number one overall pick struggle early on. You know, it's like the last time I think we had it that the last time a number one overall pick started in week one and didn't throw a pick 
was Jeff George in 1990. Wow. You know, and that's a lot of good, (laughs) a lot of good quarterbacks. Last quarterback to win in week one was David Carr in 02. So they had lost eight in a row. So even you think about, you know, the confidence you have in a number one overall pick, and and especially somebody who's had the success that Tyler Bryce has had, um, it still doesn't immediately translate to winning right away. So now it's just a matter of, you know, how much do you panic? How much do you worry that uh, this is a dive they can't get themselves out of just because the Panthers' next four games are all against teams that had winning records last year. It's probably one of the tougher stretches of their schedule. So if you don't uh, kind of right the ship soon, you, you could be one in five at your buyer or even worse. Um, you know, I think going out to Seattle is a tough one. Seattle's already had a big win this year. Um, you know, that's probably a harder game both in where you're playing and who you're playing than the first two games. So, uh, like I said, I think there's a, there's definitely still a lot of optimism about this team, about what they've set up around Bryce Young and the coaching staff and, and everything they put together. It just hasn't shown up in these first two games. Greg, are you surprised by the lack of wide receiver help so far for Bryce? Or were you in the camp in the offseason where that worried you? Because, you know, I thought there was enough there to make it work. But so far, it feels like the receiving core is just it's just not there right now. Well, in the first game, you didn't have sharks. So that, that was kind of a, an asterisk. And, and I thought Thielen was kind of off in that game. I think he had an OPI on his first target. And that seemed to affect him more than I thought it would. And then Monday night, honestly, it's it's like Shark was there, but maybe they, they thought he wasn't full goes. I mean, one, one target the whole game. Uh, I, I like Jonathan Mingo. I didn't expect him to have eight targets while Shark had one. That that surprised me. Um, but, no, I mean, I think it's something where, you know, early on you could tell that, you know, I think Thielen's going to be a, a safety valve for him, a guy you trust. I think, I think his first four completions were all to Adam. Um, but there's not a lot of depth behind that. I mean, Marshall's kind of a deep ball guy, hasn't really shown too much. Um, you know, those two veterans should be something to make life easier for a rookie quarterback. I thought he didn't really use Hayden Hurst very much on Monday night. And sometimes a tight end can be a young quarterback's best friend just as a, a safe, let's move the chains, let's get some yards, let's not try anything too dramatic. And they really didn't do that either. Greg Allman's with us, covers the NFC South for Fox Sports, uh, foxsports.com. And he's here talking about an NFC South division. I got to be honest, Bone, I like talking about way more during the summer and last year. Um, <laughs> oh, those I, are the, the glory days. I did not expect this, Greg. Now, do you, what's your feeling on this? Where your whole beat is this division? Do you feel like we should look at it, look around at the start for these other teams and be like, and this division, this division could be good. It's like, what's your feelings on the two-weekend narrative that look out for the NFC South? It's the complete opposite we thought it is. What, what, how do you feel about that? Right. Well, for you guys, I would warn you. That I would. I would first of all just say none of these six wins by the other teams have been particularly emphatic. This isn't forty nothing that yeah. we're worrying about yeah. here. Um, you know, the Bucks. One of their worst wins is against the Bears, and, and they've lost twelve straight. So I don't know that there's a parade coming for that one. Um, but for the Bucks to go into Minnesota and win there, I didn't expect that. That's impressive. Um, for the Falcons to beat the Packers coming off a big win as they had, I thought was impressive. Especially to come back the way they did. Uh, the Saints have been kind of underwhelming in both of their wins. Their defense has definitely played well. I don't think they gave up a touchdown until two minutes left in their second game. So if their defense can stay healthy, I think we knew that was a good unit on that side. They're still trying to figure things out offensively. But no, it's one of those where you you feel bad if you're the Panthers if you're two back two games in. But 
you got 15 weeks left, you know, so it, it's pretty easy to win that just in the division games that are still left. Um, it's not easy to be 0-2 in division, but uh, yeah, there's nothing insurmountable going on here. I think this division is better than expected. I think everybody focused probably on the quarterbacks and, and how underwhelming a group those were as opposed to the defenses that are back and are, are fairly strong to let them petition to be at least better than last year. Greg, we talk a lot about sometimes in the NFL, certain matchups, it comes down to a team might be more desperate what they're coming off of than another team. Having said that, Panthers 0-2, 0-2 in the division. They go all the way to Seattle. Seattle coming off a big win uh, on the road against Detroit. How much of a chance do you give the Panthers in Seattle to kind of right the ship there, or is that going to be a storm they're walking into? Yeah, I mean, less than I did Monday night, honestly. It's one of those where... I thought Monday it might be, you know, the the excitement of the first home game, the yeah. the desire not to go zero and two. You kind of have that wounded animal thing where, you know, especially have a tougher game ahead, you, you don't want to put yourself in a hole like that. And that didn't necessarily show up. Um, you know, I think losing Shaq Thompson earlier. I mean, they're they're down Shaq Thompson, they're down JC Horn, they're they're missing some key people on both sides of the ball. And again, something like Shaq isn't necessarily going to come back, so they have to mm. get used to that. Um, it, it'd be a strong win if they went to Seattle and won. I mean, Seattle, you go back to the first week, didn't look that great. And then week two, they, they look very good. Um, so you don't necessarily know which Seattle team you're getting there. Um, you know, for Bryce, this is his first time really far from me. I mean, for him to play in Atlanta is no uh, you know terrible thing for him. But to go to Seattle, to go to a hostile place like that, um, that's a different challenge for a young quarterback. And, and I guess we'll see how he responds to it. All right, Greg, I got to ask you about Baker Mayfield. And I, I like I tried. I'm, I'm trying not to be like a, you know, hate filled person. It's clearly well, just now, now you're it's, trying. It's clearly just trying. It's clearly just sports hate. Right. Sports dislike, whatever you want to call it. But we were the only place that I feel like literally never got to see good Baker. Like even the Rams, right. you went to last year. They saw you know some good games, and he has started this season. One hundred four quarterback rating, sixty nine percent completion, three touchdowns, zero picks. And oh by the way, as you talked about, they're two and zero and went into Minnesota and won. Do you think Baker can keep this up in Tampa? I don't know if he can go without a turnover all year. That was impressive <laughs> by Baker standards. I mean, that was the whole thing with Baker. I mean, it's a little bit like when Jameis Winston was here, that you have a guy you know can be a playmaker, you just don't know if he can keep his mistakes in check. And I think that that's probably what's held him back these last two seasons. But, yeah, to see what he's done, uh, I mean, to play mistake-free for the most part. I mean, he had a ball that almost got picked off on his first throw Sunday against the Bears. And, honestly, after that, there weren't that many that were even threats to be interceptions. So if he can kind of solve that part of his struggles, um, you know, he's running. He's probably had four or five plays that should have been sacked that he wiggled his way out of Sunday. Um, he's only been sacked once in two games, no turnovers. Um, that's not the, the Baker Mayfield. I think even the Bucks were, you know, expecting him to be better in those regards, but not um, as near perfect as he's been in two games. So, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be like this the whole way, but, I think he likes the team around him. I think they were smart to pick up on how motivated he is to be better than a $4 million quarterback and to prove he's still a starter in this league. Greg, where can uh, fans of the Panthers or NFC South teams, if they're listening, find your contact? Because you're doing it all now in the NFC South. Yeah, it's fun. I've been able to get to uh, saw all four teams in person in the first two weeks. This is another week where I'll go uh, Sunday. The Falcons are in Detroit. I'll be there, and then I'll come back for uh, for. Eagles and Bucks here on Monday night in Tampa. So it's nice to be able to 
all these teams are close by. So yeah. it's lots of easy, cheap flights where you can get and, and do a double dip in a weekend even. Very cool. Fox Sports, foxsports.com, and at Greg Allman on Twitter. He's a great follow for NFC South stuff. Uh, Allman is A-U-M-A-N. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate you. All right, you guys take care. Thanks again. Thanks, Greg. Wake up weekday mornings with Mac and Bone. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. More injury news concerning the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young did not participate in practice today. The Wednesday before the Seattle game on Sunday. Tell us your thoughts and comments at 704-570-9610. He was on the field getting mental reps, but he was considered on the injury report. Not participating in practice during their walkthroughs. 704-570-9610. Salesman wrote in, Bears fans are popping bottles seeing all these Panthers injuries. It's contributing. Oh, for sure. First round pick for Carolina. Goes to Chicago this season. And Carolina is 0-2. Their offense does not look good. Their defense does, but now they lose a guy like J.C. Horn and Shaq Thompson. Offensively, they're just losing players without it looking good anyway. It doesn't look great. Bagel guy wrote in, this is terrible. What makes it worse? My girlfriend knows what the Panthers are doing or playing bad. Then she gets on me about my honeydew list and target runs on Sundays. Yeah, Clown t- show. I hate the, the one I hate the most is Trader Joe's runs on Sundays. I can't do it anymore. That's where it gets way too crowded. I have to go, if, especially if I'm pushing the cart, I'll go to a place where I don't think a lot of people are buying that product, try to set up camp, but everybody's buying everything <laughs> in there. And I know I'm going to get run into. It's going to be the awkward, oh, sorry, I'm in your way. I'm in your way. And it's a brutal experience. I do not go to Trader Joe's on Sundays anymore. I could see that. Sunday is everybody's designated shopping day. So Trader Joe's, I would argue, is the worst. It's sun. It's everywhere, but Costco's bad. Costco is so bad. You're so that that actually scared me too. Even You're right. during the football season, like it's still that packed. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It's packed no every Sunday. So what time are you going? Because Women don't give a damn. They're gonna go shopping no matter what. When you when you're when you're being sent to Trader Joe's, what time are you going? Well, I'm not being sent. I I've only gone a couple of times on a Sunday. I the couple of times I went, it sucked. 
both times. <laughs> and it's no disrespect. I love the food. I like all the stuff that you can get there. It's just the everybody loves it. That's the problem is that it's too beloved, and I can't do it especially on a <laughs> Sunday. Uh, Big Cat Dan said, oh, man. Cue up the, I told you he was too small, people, if he's out for a while. Scott Fitterer is between a rock and a hard place. Cue it up. It's already happening. A lot of people are already saying, we told you so. He's too small. Call it what it is. Oh, God. The conspiracy theorists are out bad. I didn't think that was going to catch fire like it is. Wes, I, it's not that I feel fantastic about it. It's I knew it was coming easily. Man. I knew this was going to happen. Because the offenses looked that poor. And this is the problem, right? You know the old you know the old saying, if you're winning, everything takes care of itself. If you're mm -hmm. losing, then there's a lot more problems. Well, this is the problem, right? When you're not looking good offensively at all, you're not winning football games. Now it's, hmm, is Bryce Young really hurt? Or do you just want to start Andy Dalton and not start a conspiracy and not start any hoopla about Bryce Young just not being good? So if you bench him, it's really all about that injury. A lot of people are saying that. Week three, this is the point where I think all that goes off the rails. People want to change play calling in week three. People want to sit down Bryce Young, your number one overall quarterback, in week three. It's just way too soon to make any of these decisions. And I don't think there's ever a time that you should sit Bryce Young because even if you expected to win more than what you are right now, I did. I thought the offense was going to look a lot better than what it is right now. Maybe I still oversold it. We've gone over this. Mm -hmm. I still expected it to look better than what we've seen through first two weeks. But even then, the future is all about that number one overall pick that you selected. And so why in the world would you say, you know what? We're going to throw Andy Dalton out there. And then we'll bring in Bryce Young afterwards. Because we've seen quarterbacks' confidence get ruined before. It doesn't make any sense for me. And it would be, I would think, the first time Bryce has ever been benched in his career. Oh, yeah. Immediately, especially this soon in his career. Fitty, you had something on Bryce Young? I've got Frank Reich's audio talking about the status of Carolina's uh, rookie it. quarterback. Bryce was listed as a projected DNP um, due to an ankle. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how he is tomorrow. Um, but that's all the update I have for you right now. How did he get hurt? Don't know the exact play. Don't know the exact play. And what would you say his chances are? Um, don't know the answer to that right now. We'll see how he is tomorrow. Is it a high ankle? Is it a standard? Do you know anything along those lines? I, I, yeah, we'll just, I do not. With that said, um, do you think that impacted his performance? On I do not. Yeah, I do not think it impacted his performance. Fiddy, hit the foul line for me real quick, uh, man, because I'm, I'm seeing too much on this text line. Let's get it. Come on. Yeah, man. Okay, so, yeah. All right, I'm just seeing a bit too much going on. Come on. They'll look Let's at this it. to see whether this is a flagrant. Mm, that was scary. I don't, even, I don't even know if I want to see that again. You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> oh, 
had to take a deep breath before I started this one. Now, everybody knows around here I'm a San Francisco 49er fan. That's no denying that. But you Panther fans, I'm ashamed of y'all right now. Some of the stuff that I'm seeing, talking about that, does Bryce really look ready to y'all? I mean, come on. Are you serious right now? Are you guys really going to look at this offensive line, really look at these receivers, and act like that somebody else could come in here and throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns? Are you serious? Do you guys watch football? Some of the texts I see sometimes, I just let them go. Because I'm like, do you people even watch the game? Do you understand context? Do you understand what's going on out there? What quarterback in this league is going to come in there with these weapons that, yes, we thought it was a good starter kit for a rookie, but what quarterback is coming in there and is going to dominate or score 25, 28, 30 points with these weapons? And you're talking about he doesn't look ready. The young man is so poised. He's coming out there not getting frazzled, so to speak. He's out there standing in the pocket, delivering even in the face of pressure. He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw behind some guys. He's going to have some times where you scratch your head. That's a rookie. Are y'all forgetting about Peyton Manning leading the league in interceptions his first year? What would you have said if Peyton Manning was the quarterback of this team and threw 28 interceptions? Trevor Lawrence didn't look spectacular when he came into the league. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that's come into the league and struggled in that first whole season you're talking about two games and you're talking about he's not ready come on y'all watch the game you text me a quarterback that's going to come in and take this offense to top 10 in the league i'll wait that's enough cut that music off that was the best rant you've ever gone on in my entire time working for you and I just sat back in awe like that. We was, work with each other, not for each other. That was radio art. Come on, man. I could not have said it with that kind of anger that needed it to be said with that kind of anger. Yeah. I could not say it any better with the content that you had in that message. Mr. West Bryant. Hey, Fitty, can you help me out? Come on, man. I just thank you. I appreciate it. Listen, I mean, you talk about Cam Newton and what he did the first two games. He has Steve Smith and Greg Olson and Jeremy Shockey. <laughs> If he had something like that and he came out and was still looking how he's looking, I get it. I understand it. But he has a limited receiving core. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have Devontae Adams or, uh, hell, Jamar Chase. Yeah, none of He the doesn't have ones. an all-star receiving core. And he's still standing in there. He's not getting jittery. You don't see the feet padding. He's still standing in there going through his progressions, trying to make the right play. The young man is showing you he does have football IQ. He does have poise. He does have maturity. It's just right now he doesn't have the weapons. He doesn't. You think with the way Bryce Young is showing you, you that he can play that if he had receivers that were winning their matchups over and over again that he couldn't get them to football you don't think if Devontae Adams arguably the best route runner in the league was on this team that that man wouldn't have 20 catches by now all right man y'all go ahead Wes has been dropping hints the last six months or so that the Panther fandom that once existed was on its (laughs) way back I knew something was special today because he's wearing the black and the processing blue shirt or (laughs) shop up Shoes, that is. Yeah. But that rant, <laughs> Panther West, he's here, baby. And the Panthers are 0-2. When this team is 10-4 and 4 yeah. and competing for NFC South titles and 
Number one. Well, then I'd be hating when you challenge my nines. No, no, you won't. Wes, it's okay, baby. <laughs> I'm a Panther fan, too. But embrace it. You, you want to embrace. You want the hometown team. Miss Fonda can call them the Moorhead losers. The losers are Moorhead. But you want the black and blue to be good. I'm just saying, man. Let the young man get some time. Yo. It, it looks horrible, yes, but give him some time. I mean, it is interesting, the fact that everybody is so willing to jump off of the bandwagon right now that Bryce Young is going to be a bust at number one. You've got people asking, does he look good to you? No, he's not looked fantastic. We talked about it in week two, more so even than week one, despite a couple of the interceptions. Week two, he didn't look great. He did look a little rattled in the pocket, but that's because there are other things that we can pay attention to that back up his bad play. The offensive line allowing pressure. You're right about the wide receivers not looking as good. And I think what's happening here, too, is the fact that we anticipated a better performance from both of those units coming in. So the fact that it is not good right now. It's harder to bring back that excuse retroactively for some fans yeah. because we all expected it to be better. But we can watch what's going out there on in week one and week two. It's not conducive to good quarterback play. It's not. And you have to be very good right now. As soon as you step into the league, good to make Jonathan Mingo a lot better than what he is as a rookie out there. Adam Thielen, which, look, man. A lot of people are talking about how Adam Thielen also isn't gaining a lot of separation down the field. That was a comment. That's not his game. That was a comment that was said before we saw one snap of Panther football for Adam Thielen. Same thing with DJ Chark, where he gets injured immediately, and we just haven't seen the glass half full approach on some of these 50-50 calls coming into the season. Yeah, and so my thing is too, man, it annoys me that when people just go to low-hanging fruit for excuses, especially the size thing. He fumbled because of his size? Are you kidding me? So Deshaun Watson, he got strip-sacked at the end of that Steelers game. Is that because, what, he's 6'2", 215 or something like that? Like, come on, man. You got a 270-pound man chasing you. Let's do an experiment. We can go to a park near you. You can sign some waivers. I'm going to put a football in your hand and what, tell you, you to run. Foul line two? We don't play the second intro. Do <laughs> you want to go back? Do you, or do you have yeah, it we'll go you? back. Yes, second foul line intro. Hit it. <laughs> Give me a second. Dang it. We don't have it ready. God, man. Oh, that fumble. Goodness. That fumble take is. We got it right now. Go ahead. Again, you're talking about his size. Everything he does is because of size. If he doesn't eat chips right, if he goes to the bathroom too much, it's because of his size. Let's do an experiment. Let's go meet at one of the fields down here. You guys can sign a waiver that says if you get hurt, I'm not responsible. Hold a football in your hand. Run from me, and I'm going to chase you, and I'm going to swing as hard as I can at your one hand that's holding the ball, and we'll see how many of y'all can hold on to it. Are you kidding? Me. If he gets an ankle injury, yep, it's because he's too small. He's playing in the NFL with 280 to 300 pound men hitting him. I don't care if you're 240. I don't care if you're 280. You're going to get lit up in the NFL and you're going to get hurt. Cam Newton was ginormous, got hurt. Big Ben, ginormous, got hurt. How many quarterbacks do you expect? He's going to get hurt. And then you're telling me because of the fumble that that's size, everything. I will no longer pay any attention to any fan that attributes anything with Bryce Young to his size. 
Are you kidding me? So Drew Brees never got sacked, fumbled. Russell Wilson never got sacked, fumbled. Like, these guys never made mistakes. They never got hurt. Nothing bad ever happened to them. And and they were smaller quarterbacks. So everything bad that happens to Bryce, just like I said in the preseason, we're going to know the weight and the size of every person that ever hits him. Like, come on, guys. Let's be a smart football fan base here. Let's let, let's try to be a little bit more sophisticated and understand. Yes, Bryce is small. We know this. But he's been playing this game his whole life. And, and, and Keyshawn Johnson, he can get added to this as well because he was saying the same thing. And it was just stupid to me that people are laying back on that fact because it's just easy to grab. I'm done. Cut the music off. I said it a little more calm. That's the dad tone when I'm disappointed. And I just tell you just... Just go to your room. I feel like DJ Funkmaster Flex after Black Dot went 10 <laughs> minutes straight on a freestyle. That was so amazing. You know what it is? It's Wes Bryant spitting I mean, that hot God, fire. man, like, because he fumbles because he's too small. I've never been more in awe from just perfect radio. Wes Bryant, ladies and gentlemen, another round of applause. This is me at home. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.